The Potential Candidate is a podcast about life after divorce, taking accountability, and transforming your life for the better. On this journey, listeners will hear from men and women about their path to foster meaningful relationships. We will share successful dating tips, relive epic horror stories, and leave you with powerful mantras to help you further manifest your goals. This podcast is for the person seeking clarity. Are you ready for the glow up? Are you ready to bounce back? Are you the potential candidate? Hey, it's your girl Jess. And it's Tiffany. And this is the potential candidate. This week's mantra, I am mindful and aware of my own energy. This is my main priority. I live my life consciously. I take my vibration seriously. Each challenge is a chance to affirm who I am and who I want to be and why I do exactly what I do. For our listeners, this week we're discussing the impact that partying can have on your relationship. So... Jess, what do you think about um, modern day relationships with the opioid crisis that's going on? Uh, do you think that our that couples are dealing with this or not really? When you say dealing with it, dealing with it how? Like dealing with it as in somebody in the relationship is partaking and using an yes. opioid? Oh, I'm like sure. Addiction. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, because I see in doing our research, you know, it's about 33 million people roughly that use um, narcotics, you know, use illegal drugs. And so, um, you know, I just think it, it, you know, Jess and I definitely thought it was a topic that we should touch on because maybe you're not a, a person that likes to party or likes to go out or, you know, maybe has ever done drugs, but maybe you'll meet somebody who has had that as a past or is currently doing that. And so just kind of, we wanted to break down like, you know, what are some things that could have a negative impact on your relationship and how how can you transition? Let's say you're the party goer and it's time to transition. Um, what are some things you can do? Yeah, and I think we should clarify as well too, because um, I think there's a difference in being a social butterfly and somebody who's extroverted and likes going out and having a good time and being someone who's a partier, which is the context of which we're talking about it, which Mm -hmm. meaning somebody who's partaking in excess of alcohol and someone who's using illicit substances. So we don't want people to think that like, oh, okay, if you're somebody who enjoys going to brunch with your girls, you know, on the weekend, that that's something that could be impactful of your relationship. Yes. I'm so glad you said that because we have to be clear. Number one, you know, it, it, you have to do what's best for you. It's it's between you and your partner. But we want to make sure that we acknowledge that there are people who are struggling with drug abuse or maybe their partner is abusing alcohol. And that's the reason why they're having challenges in their relationship. Right. And so I, we just wanted to make sure we brought this up because... It is a prevalent issue. So <clears throat> overall, I think that, 
you have to do what makes you happy, right? But I have been in situations where I was in a relationship with someone and they abused either alcohol or I found out that they were using illegal substances, okay? Mm-hmm. And without judging them, I had to make sure that I was, my alignment was together and mm-hmm. that I knew that my values were in line and made sure that I wasn't trying to run behind them and validate what their behavior was. I wanted to make sure that I was staying true to myself. So I knew that that was something that was a non-negotiable and I had to transition out of because I come from a childhood where my family has had that challenge. You know, I know a lot Mm -hmm. of American families, we continue to have this issue in America, um, actually across the world. And so I just know that that's something I don't want to bring into my future relationship. Right, right. And I definitely think it's important to have the conversation um, earlier on when you're meeting somebody, Um, you know, asking what they're into. And I feel like even like most days nowadays, people are meeting people on Tinder, Hinge, whatever other platforms are out there. And I'm pretty sure like on their profile, you have the ability to identify like smoking, non-smoking, some drug use or whatever it is or however it's yes. broken down. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think like that's an important question to ask, you know, what are your habits? What does that look like? Do you use any type of drugs? Hey, do you sell any type of drugs? Mm-hmm. Those types of things. So then that way you can make the decision that is going to be better for you because maybe you know if you're somebody who lives a soap 100% sober lifestyle dating somebody who has wine with dinner a few times a week probably may not be the best fit for you unless that's something that you're okay and comfortable with absolutely yeah I wonder just do you think that a relationship could work if both people in the relationship like to party and, and by party, I mean like, let's, let's, let's say on the low key level, like party, um, not abusing drugs, but likes to go out from time to time. Do you think that's healthy? Yeah, absolutely. Like nobody just wants to sit in the house all day, every day. And right. I think it's nice to be able to go out and like, you know, do brunch or just grab a drink or, you know what I mean? And I think that you know, our society looks at drinking a lot different than illicit substance use mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. alcohol is legal. And I think that alcohol is a huge part of our society, right? Oh, you go to a sports bar, you're watching a game. People are having beer. Oh, you know, you go to girls night, you're having wine or something. You know what I mean? Um, wine goes with dinner, wine goes with this or beer or whatever else. Um, so I do think that like you can have that healthy relationship. is a quarterly subscription box providing you a direct path to support Black-owned businesses. Every quarter, you'll discover hand-picked, curated lifestyle, dining, bath, body, and home good products chosen to showcase the amazing things happening in Black business today. Subscriptions for the spring release are now open, but don't wait. This box will sell out. Deadline to secure the spring release is March 17th. Make sure you head over to gettheblackbox.com and subscribe to something meaningful. Um, I've seen this a lot 
in my um, in my profession. And I think the people that are engaged in the relationship think the relationship is working, but it usually is extremely toxic and unhealthy just because of how addiction manifests and how addiction has some similarities across the board, but looks very different for people. Um, so from a, in my professional experience, I've seen it have, you know, there's tons of manipulation that's been involved from one party or the other, you know, especially if one party is like, hey, I need to get clean. Um, you know, I saw it a lot at CPS where it was like, you know, if say the mother's the primary figure, her and the dad are using substances, the kids get removed. You know, mom's like, oh shoot, I need to try to get my stuff together. And dad's like, no, I'm not. Or vice versa, because I've seen it happen both ways where one parent's like, yeah, even though they remove the kids, like, now I don't have to worry about them partying up it even more. So um, I think people think their situation is working, um, but not well and definitely not anything that's healthy. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. And I was also thinking, like, you know, sometimes you have those relationships. Uh, I see people where... They both meet out and they're both partiers and then they grow together and they kind of mature and they're like, ah, oh, that, you know, we used to go out. Um, but then I've also seen the couples where one person has matured and they've stopped partying so much and the other one is like, oh, I'm kicking it, I'm going, you know, it's, it's going down. And then there's that resentment that grows. Right. So, you know, we wanted to point out for our listeners that at this point, when it comes to abusing drugs or alcohol, obviously those couples are going to be less happy um, than those without those issues. And we definitely encourage people to get marital counseling and um, relationship counseling, personal counseling. But we want to go down and talk to you guys about the seven um, things to kind of look out for, uh, how to tell when, when drinking or drug use is harmful to the relationship. So the first one, when you guys are having arguments about how the drinking or the drug use is impacting, you know, other situations in your relationship. So if you're arguing that you're always broke, you guys are, don't have any money to pay the bills because he or she drinks or he or she is always going out. Okay, that's an issue. Yeah. That's harmful to your relationship. And some people don't want to take accountability for right. that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, especially if you're not paying the bills or you staying out late and maybe you, you, the person, the other person thinks you're cheating. I know that that can bring up an idea, the question of insecurity, but I think that anything that makes your significant other feel uncomfortable, you should explore that and, and try to reach some kind of compromise. Um, number two, having to cover for your partner because they've been drinking too much or they use drugs too much. So, you know, the couple that's like, ah, oh, so-and-so sick today or so-and-so had to go to work. I remember I've had to go to weddings by myself and I was like, oh, this is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing this anymore. Right. But that was my reality for a little bit, you know? And I was like, no, I'm good off of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then number three, your partner is reporting that they're using or drinking to reduce their stress 
So they're saying, I'm drinking at the bar. I got to leave and get some some space from you because all we do is argue about drinking. So I'm going to go drink to soothe my pain and, and leave and get away from you because that's all we do is talk about the drinking. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's so crazy because I think it kind of goes back to like, the fact that sometimes people aren't comfortable being their authentic selves when they first start meeting somebody. Because I feel like, especially if it's kind of like, so I'm not talking about addiction, but like mild level, hey, it's somebody that likes to like, you know, those people that like to tear the club up Friday through Sunday, right? You know, maybe dating a homebody isn't maybe necessarily the best because I think even at some point there is going to be a conflict that arises where they're like, why are you going out so often? You're never home. So on and so forth, those types of things. And maybe recognizing like, okay, is this going to be a good fit? Especially if you know, that's not your lifestyle. You don't plan on, you know, toning it down, changing or switching it up anytime soon. Um, But I definitely thought that was interesting too, where it's like, okay, you keep having all of these arguments about either drinking or smoking or drugging or whatever it is, but then you put yourself back in that environment where you continue to do so, saying that you're alleviating stress from the same thing that's causing the issue. So it seems like a vicious cycle. Yeah, I think about the couple from 90 Day Fiance, Jovi and Yara, for anybody who watches this show. I love this show so much. It's 90 Day Fiance, and the reason why they have this uh, this uh, time limit is because it goes by the U.S. immigration law, where if you're going to marry someone who's not from the United States or not a naturalized born citizen, you have 90 days to you know marry them um, so that you can get that specific visa. Um, and so on this show, you see a lot of different couples, and specifically this uh, this couple. I believe the young woman is from uh, Ukraine, and He's from New Orleans and it is a part of his blood to, you know, enjoy the French Quarter. He likes to drink. He likes to go out, party. And it has been an interesting season seeing them because when she comes back to the United States, it's time for them to make the decision of if they're going to be together. And she holds it over his head the entire season of you need to stop going out and partying. I can't trust you. And you literally see this guy changing. Um, It was so interesting because their wedding was in Las Vegas. And the first night that they got to Las Vegas, she was like, ditch your friends. Let's stay inside the hotel room and we're not going to go party. Otherwise, I'm going to leave you and go back to Ukraine. And he literally was like, okay, I'm staying in. I, you know, I'll give up my party in life. And so they've decided, you know, that they're going to make it work. And of course, you know, relation, every relationship Mm -hmm. is different. Everybody got to do what's best for them, but they just had a baby and everything. But, you know, I think it's all about what, what matters for you and your heart, because some would look at that and say, you're trying to change Mm -hmm. him. And then some will look at it like, well, you got her pregnant. You want to be a man, go ahead and step up and, you know, create balance in yeah. your life. So that, that was an interesting, I love reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then also, um, number four, drinking and drug use is one of the few activities you enjoy doing with your partner. So if you're like, ah, she doesn't drink, I'm leaving, I'm going to go. Like, I can only drink when I'm not with her. Or, you know, I can't 
drink or smoke around him because he, you know, judges me. That's an indicator that your partying may be harmful. Or I think even at the context of you guys both only drink and drug together, and that's the only thing that you guys do together, but you're in this relationship. Yes. I think that can be a telltale sign as well, too, where it's like the only time that things seem to be good is when you're both drunk, is when you're both high, is when you're both under the influence. Um, I think that could go either way. Yes, that's actually the next one. Uh, Finding that one or both partners need to be drunk or high to show affection to one another. So when it's only a good vibe when y'all are in that space of drinking and smoking and then y'all, that's when y'all are like, oh, it's the best. It's like, uh, you're not your true self. Like your, your mindset is altered. If you are not sober the entire time of your relationship, your partner truly does not yeah, know you. That's very true. Now, if you guys, the next one is episodes of domestic violence or quote unquote, angry touching. So if it gets physical because of the drug use or the drinking, uh, that's, a, that's a big one, guys. Yeah. I think that's the, more, the most classical one we've seen, like the most yeah. popular on TV, right? Like, oh, my, my dad was an alcoholic and he used to beat mm-hmm. my mom. And not trying to lessen that experience because that is real. But I think that we highlight, like, for example, we highlight certain things and not the others. So I, I just want to make sure that to whoever's listening, all seven of these are just as, as equally as important, right. right? Like, so someone hitting you is just as, as serious as, you know, finding out that someone can only be drunk to have sex with you. Like that, like that is such a serious uh, message. Cause couldn't you, wouldn't you feel some type of way? I know I would, if I would be like, hold up, why do you have to be drunk to like get it popping? Like right. that would you feel some type of way. Yes. Or vice versa, if I was like, oh, I need to have, like have some drink in my system to do. No, like that doesn't seem like even like a hundred percent like consensual situation like you're forcing yourself to consent almost um exactly exactly it's just not not a good look um and then our last one and this is really sad because once again me being obsessed with reality tv intervention oh my god i love intervention oh my god girl the last one number seven the relationship becomes isolated to to you know, to other people because of the drinking or the drug use. And one of the things that gets addressed um, with family are the codependency issues. You know what I mean? Because I think a lot of times I see it so often you know, again, professionally where somebody is using in the family members, like they know what's wrong, but it's just this like, oh, well, they said that they'll never talk to me again if I don't give them the money for X, Y, Z. So I'm giving them the money or, you know, they're in my house and they're doing X, Y, Z, but it's better for me to know that they're here. They're not on the street and homeless or so on and so forth. So boundaries get blurred. There is that aspect of codependency. There's tons of manipulation and things like that that take place. 
space. Um, so I think definitely, you know, looking into that deeper and how that can manifest and where it comes from is important. Absolutely. Yeah, I just, um, I do want to make sure that people know that I don't know when you, love can blind your logic. Love um, can make you, you know, it has the ability to, is what I want to say. Because some people are like, love can't do that to me. Well, it, it can do that to certain people. And so we just want to be very aware that we check our personal principles. What are my own beliefs? Um, what is the future that I have? What are the promises I've made to myself? Um, because you can lose all of that quickly. I think about so many stories that we've read about, you know, someone who's given up all of their success just for love, just to end up with nothing. There was, um, I can't remember, there was the famous um, ice skater. And she, a, a beautiful ice skater, black woman, who ends up getting in a relationship with this guy who is like a crackhead and she's lost everything. And now they're living in a trailer park. Oh, wow. And I think I've always yeah. too, you know, you mentioned intervention and I always think of this one episode where um, it was this couple and I think they met, she was a substance abuse therapist, which was the, I think that's why it stuck out to me um, and was in this relationship with this man who had an addiction. I can't remember what it was. It was like meth or crack or something like that. Um and her family had had an intervention with her like you are a substance abuse therapist like why are you with somebody that is engaging in this type of behavior that professionally you're teaching people to stay away from or break or so on and so forth and she had like a little bit of like a savior complex of like oh i can help him so on and so forth bloody da but then like halfway through the episode it was revealed that like she had started using with him and so then it ended up being like a double intervention. And so I find it interesting for those people who knowingly and willingly enter into those relationships with somebody who has an active addiction. Um, and I say that because I always wonder like what that other person's intentions are. Um, we all know that people can change their lives and become sober and live healthy lives. I've seen that happen again, like, you know, professionally and all of that. Um, however, I feel like when somebody is right in the thick of it, like for you, that's like you, Tiffany, being like, oh, okay, here's Joe Smo and he uses meth. And you meet him and he's actively using meth and you're like, oh yeah, you know, I want to be in a relationship with him. I question people's intentions because it's like, like what, mm. what's your end goal? Debbie Thomas. Now, Washington Post released an article February 2016. The title is the best African-American figure skater in history is now bankrupt and living in a trailer. Um, it was really sad because she had a really successful experience, you know, and career. Um, after Stanford University, she became, a she went to medical school and married a handsome lawyer, had a son, 
and she um, became an orthopedic surgeon and she declared bankruptcy in 2014. But if you do a little bit of digging, the guy she's with uh, is a piece of crap. I'm gonna be honest with you. And she, uh, she was doing, I, I don't know how I came across this story, but she's with this guy, uh, She uh, he's her fiance, and they've had a very abusive relationship, but she's not leaving him. And it's just really sad to see how people can be so successful and have it all, but then attach to someone who's is not well, mm-hmm. they're sick. You know what I mean? They're, they're abusing the substance. So I wish her well and, and her family well, you know, but. Yeah, it's, I think addiction, um, I think it's something that our society really needs to have some really hard conversations about um, and recognize that um, addiction sees no color because I definitely think that addiction is viewed differently and then therefore handled differently depending on who you are, your socioeconomic status, um, any racial or ethnic, cultural, you know, membership that you might have. And then I think that that, like, there's just some tough conversations, you know what I mean? And I think of now, because it's like, oh, the opioid crisis and so on and so forth. Well, that demographic is impacting a population of people that's very different than the war on drugs, you know, years ago um, when crack cocaine and those types of things um, were highly prevalent. So I think things are looked at differently. Um where, you know, depending on where you fall socioeconomically, racially, culturally, ethnically, addiction sometimes isn't your fault, and then sometimes it is. Um, But I think, you know, there have to be some pretty big conversations to talk about, hey, this is something that across the board impacts people, and collectively, how are we going to address it? Absolutely. That's true, girl. But we can do it. I think that we have to spread awareness so that everyone can have the proper education that this is what addiction looks like. And from there, we can create solutions. But if we continue to judge people, it's not a good look. It's not going to get us anywhere. But communication is, is key. Right, absolutely. Communication can fix a lot of things, you know, because words mean things. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, you know, having that communication, so on and so forth. But again, I think you know the boundaries too, because I can, I think you can be non-judgmental about somebody's use and say, that's not somebody that I want to be in a relationship with. I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. Absolutely. I don't think the only way to say that you are non-judgmental is to enter into a relationship with somebody that has maybe one of those types of issues. Um, right. So, but you know, different strokes for different folks. Everybody gets down different, but you know, we're all here on the potential candidate to, to talk about accountability of oneself and, you know, looking at being the better and best version of yourself and looking at why you're doing some of the things that you're doing and why you're making some of those choices 
you know, so if you are maybe in a relationship with somebody and um, addiction, again, whether alcohol, illicit substances or other things, right? Addiction runs the gamut of things, sex, gambling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Insert whatever vice it is that you or your partner have, um, you know, looking at, okay, what am I doing? What am, you know, is this a situation that needs help? Do I need professional help for what it is or whatever it is that I'm dealing with? And just knowing that help um, is out there and available. That's right. So, whew, kind of a heavy episode, a lot to unpack for sure. Um, you know, we always challenge you guys to process the information that we've talked about, um, implement any changes or boundaries that you may need to as a result, seek treatment, of course, if you're somebody who is struggling with addiction, um, or treatment for yourself if you're in a relationship with somebody who's struggling with addiction, and then, of course, make the steps to then manifest your best life. That's all we've got for you today. We'll see you next week. Hey, don't miss out. Every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, your girls come together in Clubhouse and we meet with all of our listeners and break down any hot topics that are trending as well as this week's episode. Make sure you stop by and kick it with us. 